You gotta spaz on this beat, bro. But how? J- just do it, man. I don't even know what to say. Just go off the top. What? Yeah, just just go off the top, man. You got it. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. Yeah, I'll even do the ad libs for you. Oh, for real? Yeah. All right, then let's get it. It's lit. Hey. I need know what to say. Yeah. I'ma just go off the top. Okay. I need know what to say. Okay. I'ma just go off the top. Hey. I need know what to say. Let's get it. I'ma just go off the top. Okay. I need know what the I need know what the I need know what the I need. Care about my list. Hello and welcome back everybody to the OTT podcast where as always everything is always off the top. I am your co-host John Barlos and joining me as always my good friend and co-co-co-co-host Namai Kumar. Namai, what's going on buddy? We haven't talked uh, since last weekend and we were catching up a little bit before we hit record but what what else is happening you feeling good feeling great i've been feeling great man starting school so you know it's about to get start getting busy but you know what we always started. make time for is that good music <laughs> i don't think we'll ever not make time for good music <laughs> dude never not make time for never dude, never you can listen to music when you're doing anything there's literally never an excuse to not be listening to music that's why I like music for two reasons. One, you could always try and find ways to listen to it or be a part of it. And the fact that it's so, such a shareable experience, like you could really like, you could tweet something out at any artist and there's a possibility for them to retweet you. There's a possibility for you to put your opinion out there on a song or an album and the artist might see it, like it, retweet it. The fact that communities in the hip hop Twitter community is a thing. It's a very yeah, like- it's great. It's not great even, to not, share ideas like that. Especially that's when why like, you're it's such a powerful thing. Have, like, other tastes than your own because I, I don't know you ever heard of this concept called the bacon number no what is that so basically me. the bacon the bacon number is uh, this website you can like look this up but um basically to. you can uh type in the name of any actor and it guarantees that there is less than or, or six or less degrees of separation uh between them and kevin bacon in terms of acting roles it's crazy, dude. Like I've looked up Kanye on that, and what, what, he had, what like, was it? Uh, I think it was like three. Like he'd worked with Will Ferrell for uh, what's it called, The Anchorman, and oh, then he, was, he worked on Anchorman with Will Ferrell. He was he had a cameo in Anchorman, Anchorman two, or the first Anchorman. I think it was. I think it was the first one. Really? Oh my yeah, god! I, I must have missed that. I, Anchorman's I like one of my favorite Will Ferrell movies. I've seen that, I'd say at least ten times in my life. Then maybe it's two if if you have you've seen it that many times. I've only seen but each like, of them once. But now <laughs> I don't remember. Like where w- he was probably like in one of like the, the news like team do, when they fights. do the wars between yeah, like yeah all when the they do fans. like the news team fight. I do. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. It's in. Oh, it's in the second one. It is in the second one. It's so in the yeah. second one. Because like, oh, is that the ghost of Stonewall Jackson? <laughs> yeah exactly. and then kanye comes in it oh man yeah yeah I, I yes yes totally i was that. going somewhere with the kevin bacon thing and like the, the <laughs> kevin bacon uh, uh the bacon number is really interesting to do like with between like musical artists right yeah. i'd be talking to someone who like messes with like for for example like uh tame impala or something you know i love him yes. i'll be like yo how many degrees of separation can we put between chief keef and tame impala <laughs> and honestly, if you think about it, how it's many only can you of separation? Because Chief, or actually two, because Chief Keef has worked with Travis Scott, and Travis Scott has worked with Tame Paula. bro. And like it, you can go through like so many different musical genres and artists like that, uh, especially in like more collaborative sense, like usually like EDM, indie rock, and like and rap. 
But do you think it's used more for like EDM artists rather than hip hop artists, or is it mainly just used for like, I guess, comparing double entities of stuff or like just kind of whatever celebrity you're trying to compare to? I think it's, yeah, it's just like a comparison thing, in my opinion, at least. That's the way I do it. Like, I, I just be <laughs> interested to see if there's like, see like what's going on, how likely a collaboration is between those two artists, right? Like, the I less thought degree about of separation, the, the more likely, the, the more likely they are to collaborate. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of collaborations, that, that, that's kind of why I do it. I do that shit for fun, dude. <laughs> like, you should do that for fun. That sounds hella fun. Speaking of collaborations, though, we got Nas's King's Disease with Hit Boy. With Hit, Hit Boy. Boy. Hit Boy. A lot of features on this. Charlie Wilson, obviously, Cheat Code feature, Big Sean and Don Tolliver, Lil Dirk, Anderson Pac, The Firm, Fabio Forn, and ASAP Ferg, plus many more on this. 13 tracks long from Nas's label Mass Appeal. This album surprised me. And the fact that Nas had a great two-week rollout with this, lots of videos in the studio, lots of cool graphics coming in from his social media. I was really excited for this going in. And to me, Nas is one of those artists that, like I told you last week, I didn't really get back into until this year, more so kind of just revisiting Omatic and kind of going through his discography and picking and choosing songs that I liked. So with this in mind going into King's Disease, there wasn't really a track I found that was bad or unsettling or it didn't fit. It was a very, and I say this all the time with certain types of projects that we really love on OTT, but it's very cohesive. Everything seems to fit a certain definitive type of sound in Nas's discography. And I think him and Hip Boy, and first of all, before we get on this tangent of going in the, in, into King's Disease, Hip Boy's had a year to remember. Yeah, hell of a like, year, dude. A year to remember. And I just, W- where's the ceiling for hit boy at this point in time? Like he's just going to continue to climb. Cause I feel like he's probably going to be on big Sean's album coming up. He's done an entire collaboration with Nas this yeah. week, this week. Definitely. He's only going to be printing out more bangers. I know he has unreleased juice world music too. That's attached to his name. The interesting but- thing I feel like about hit boy though, is that as far as like legendary producers that we talk about, right. A lot, a lot right. of the times, like the, the, the major producers that come into that conversation are like Alchemist, like Mad Lib. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then like on the other end of the spectrum, we get like Kenny, Kenny Beats and like Metro Boomin, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, I feel like Hit Boy kind of like traverses those fields because like he can make those really complex beats. And then he also can like flip the script and make like really like those nice beats boom that, bat beats type beats. He's like yeah. cutting out all the loose fat and like, yeah. Just making a like a perfectly simple. I feel like Spicy from from King's Disease is probably the best, like one of the best examples of that, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was so, so curious to see how Nas, ASAP Ferg, and Fabio Foreign sounded together on a song. Yeah. Looking at all these features, I swear I thought this was just going to be a crazy mess of trying to fit the current landscape of hip hop. But at exactly. the same time, like you said, Hip Boy's production on this it's simple, but it's very layered. Like. It's very it, it's very in tune with that old retro boom bat style that a lot of hip hop artists are kind of gravitating towards to again. But there's three different sets of hi hats on um, Blue Benz, King's Disease, Replace Me has different progressions and sequences where Big Sean and Don Tolliver even switch up on the beat, even though Donnie's on the hook. It's just you don't think too much about these beats. The melodies are all there. He's in his bag with this. I really think this production on this is as clean as Hip Boy's done for a cohesive project in a really long time. And with these features, 
I think all of these kind of fit Nas's cosign. To be honest, I feel like Anderson Pox one of the most talented artists out there right now. Fabio's coming up in the drill scene. ASAP Ferg's a vet, knows what he's doing. Dirk's hit a huge wave lately, especially coming from Drake's song. I was really song. surprised to see Dirk on the track list. He just has was, a lot more mainstream appeal now, I feel like. Yeah, I feel no, like totally. now it, his sound has really evolved into something that hip-hop kind of embraces more so than kind of avoids. So I'm you happy remember, to see that. Like When Dirk was first coming like out on the scene like with – like this ain't what you want. Yeah, and like, with Fredo and G Herbo and all those guys. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. They I set mean, the like, scene like coming up with with the uh, with the general Chicago drill scene. Yeah. Um, I mean, like he was a player for sure, but I don't think I could have foreseen him coming up kind this of. this big this fast. Exactly. I mean, he's fresh off of a future feature, uh, for real. Drake feature, and now a Nas feature, um, and a really Drake feature, for, and, and he was just dropping singles too. Yeah, um, he just dropped the deluxe for the project, his, uh, yeah, love recently. songs for the streets. Um, Definitely a lot more low dirt. More from him before the end of the year. I think we will. I mean, he's riding a huge wave, like I just said. And I want to talk about the goat, Charlie Wilson, real quick. Charlie Wilson, uh, legendary R and B singer, uh, was a part of the Gap back in the day. Um, this man is damn near seventy years old, and I think he's hip hop's most not interesting, not incredible, Start not after. splendid. Sought, sought after feature to make something great. I got he's you. He's on Nas's album. He's on Amine's <laughs> album. Amine's album, sorry. He's on... Who else is he on? Guap he's Dad. on Kanye's album. Guap Dad. He's just kind of everywhere. His vocals are legendary in the sense of where you can really pick apart any piece of what he lays down and intricate it into the production. Because I feel like Charlie Wilson doesn't really spit. He's more so like that background, that, that heightened level. Like he's, he's raising you to the heavens in the sense of it. I've noticed kind of uh, just how his voice is. I've noticed uh, on a lot of the tracks that he's on too, it has very like that the, the production style seems more from like the era of music that he originated from. Right. Sure. Like uh, we get more soulful music when uh, Charlie Charlie's Wilson, on a track, in my opinion. Yeah. So I feel like that's where he really adds a lot of value. And um, I think that a lot of artists are starting to recognize that now. And, um, I guess this guy still be spending a hell of time in the studio because people he's, clearly he's are able here. to approach him. I, I, um, I think he's it's worth it just because I feel like his vocal register is one of those that it's never going to go out of style. We talk about timeless, timelessness, timeliness in music, how long things can last, longevity of an artist. Nas is a perfect example of that, by the way, but so is Charlie Wilson. I think yeah. this kind of paints a picture of how influential he's been on the music that's being made right now. And we can go back to Limbo from Amine and see that on this Roots record, you can kind of get reminiscent of that old soulful funk style, boom bat hip hop that we get, that very cinematic experience that he's trying to portray with his voice. And it's kind of wrapped in the production really nicely. And, and similarly on Nas's King's Disease, this is, this is where we see that uh, sweet spot hit from him. And it's exciting to see. And King's Disease, man, I'm going to go out on a limb. I give, I give a lot of albums on the podcast an 8 out of 10, but I really think it's an 8 out of 10. It's not perfect by any means, but it's definitely a really good listen. Solid. It's an album that has a lot of was, replay I was, value. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. I even go as like high as like an 8.5 because I, I really like this. I thought it was super enjoyable. I think um, what I'm bumping the most from this, real quick before I move on, Big yeah. Sean's feature on Replace Me is, I think, my biggest takeaway with it. I think ASAP Ferg's feature was awesome as well. Charlie Wilson's feature is great. What's your favorite song on this? I want to know before we move on. 
I think the catchiest one to me is spicy. <laughs> Dude, yeah, when uh when when Favi says I could bag any bitch in these all white nights. Say it right. I love that. <laughs> I think what I with all these features in this, it's hard not to mention the hype surrounding Big Sean right now, just because yeah. he announced Detroit 2 today. And well, today being Monday, this podcast will come out on a Tuesday. Um, but yes, Big Sean announced his highly long-awaited anticipated album Detroit 2 following up from his first tape Detroit do you even remember I forgot what year Detroit came 2012. out in 2012 2012 when the the world was supposed to end that year but you know he we made it to Detroit too in 2020 it was supposed great. to end that year but it's actually ending this year that's and no wait wasn't it supposed to end earlier this year yeah I or think no? it's a slow burn though Dude, the Mayans don't know what they're doing. California is burning to the ground as we speak. Maybe it's, you know what, a slow burn. Like, actually, that's scary yeah. to think about, don't you think? Dude, I'm so excited to see how, what, how he outperforms the first Detroit. Because looking back on the track list, the features, J. Cole, Common, Ooh. Mike Posner, James Fontaloy, Juicy J, King Chip. French Montana, Young yeah, Jeezy, yeah. Royce the Five Nine, and Kendrick Lamar. Chris yeah, those Brown, features are insane. Janae Aiko, Tyga. That's his wife, you know. Wale, Tell me, Wiz Khalifa, dude, come on, that's like in 2012. In 2012, those features were insane, and I even now those are still crazy. Besides French Montana, but we won't talk about him. Also, James Fontaine, probably one of the most slept-on feature singers in the entire history of hip hop. Drake used him a lot back in the day. Um, so not sure Travis. for ghostwriting. Travis used him a lot as well. You're right. Um, so that's cool to see him. Hopefully, you know, I want to hear some more James Fonts for our music, but let's get back to Big Sean real quick. He announced this today, Detroit 2, out September 4th. Do you think it's going to be better than the first Detroit? Obviously, from your reaction, I don't think you, I don't think you know at this point, just because of all these Dude, features that you're like, gazing that's at. That's a tall order. Like, that's a really tall order. But um, looking at the the kind of, like, theme and the style of like a kind of mixtape that he put out the first time around i'd mm-hmm. say that we we're probably looking at a feature heavy tape um True. i've seen some like like theoretical track list floating around of like features from like a couple features from travis and uh kanye which makes sense good music camp mm-hmm. uh future who they've worked before with together before a lot True. um is there anyone that you're like hoping to see work with with Big Sean, Big that Sean. we have to work with him yet? Um, you know, I feel like Big Sean's lane, kind of even just stemming from King's disease at the same time, I feel like his flow and his type of style where he, he, he really gets into the music that he makes, especially with the verses that he spits over the beats that he gets. Honestly, I feel like Amina needs to find a way to capitalize on Limbo right now. I feel like he might be a good artist for him to kind of collab with just because... I mean, it really brings, I guess, another artistic side to Big Sean's art. Totally. Keep in mind, Big Sean's really artistic in itself, and he's more of a bar-for-bar rapper, whereas Amine has shown that he can be versatile and putting out hooks and, and singing on some tracks and really digesting production to make his vocals sound a lot more, I guess, presentable to the mainstream crowd. And especially with Limbo doing as well and being received as well as it has been, I think that just kind of makes sense to me 
Um, I would like to see that. I think Big Sean's probably going to be going for his hip hop royalty just because he's able yeah, to achieve that. And I think Travis is one of those people. I think, you know, we might even see Nas on Big Sean's album because I, gotta, I think that the, I think Nas is a given. Like yeah. if I'm, if I, if I think, I'm gonna, he, I think he's going to, I think if he's gonna I was gambling, too. I would put money on that because um, I think that they had like a whole little, like not necessarily like a dialogue, but like, it was they they were talking to each other at the end of the song that they have together on uh king's disease right um which kind of to me implied that they were in the studio together and the fact that they're both releasing projects uh back to back damn near i think um makes that really likely uh and kanye is like his mentor so i feel like we can scratch that off the list too kanye's gotten a feature on every project that he's done yeah uh, i agree do you see that uh kanye and little baby were in the studio today too yeah, dude, a a Big Sean featuring Kanye and Lil Baby would hit. I'm Jeez. sure that's very unlikely, but like, still, that, I'm, that would be I'm hoping for a Polo G feature. Honestly, that's actually not like, a bad. That's not a bad link up either. Both have that that like uplifting, like motivation, yeah, that energy. That's literally all I decided was when you think about it. I'm trying to think about, I think Jeremiah was on I Decided. No, Eminem was on I Decided. Migos was on I Decided. I feel like the features on I Decided were a little bit more lackluster to fit where 2016 was with music. Um, but I think also he had Janae on it when they were 20, what were they, 2088, that duo. They were the, oh yeah. you know what I'm talking I about? They had that album and everything. That. And I completely forgot about that album, but I like that the album dream, The Dream fantastic singer was on i decided um this album to me was a rite of passage during my college years um it's an album i hold close to my heart and now that big sean is coming out with something uh even crazier i hope at detroit too um i'm really hoping that he does this right he even said on his ig live he's making music from the heart and he wants to give it to us to the fans he's trying to have fun and i'm i'm excited nonetheless he even posted it on twitter we had a little excitement yeah. buzz on, on, on our Twitter tweets. And if you're not following us on Twitter, please be sure to follow us at OffXDXTop, both on Instagram and Twitter. And please be sure to keep listening to us on SoundCloud and Spotify at Off The Top Podcast. Namai, if you had to pick your favorite feature from Detroit 2, no, not Detroit 2, I decided. I decided. Let me pull up the track list real fast. Do you know who that would be? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, this this is okay. I was like confused. Is it a no-brainer for you? I feel like I just identify albums by cover art at this point. I love cover art. It's my favorite thing about an album. Let me see. I really like I mean sacrifices is so good. Uh jump. You no take favorite. 2016 Eminem, or do you honestly, or do you take Big Sean by himself? Because, like, on this, I low-key think I'm taking Jump Out the Window, Halfway Off the Balcony, Inspire Jump Me. Out the Window? Well, oh, is a great song. Uh, is there a different not, song called Jump Out the Window? No, no, no. I'm saying, like, I would rather take Big Sean by himself on I Decided with a feature instead. So, like, I would rather oh, have, yeah, like, yeah. Halfway Off the Balcony, Jump Out the Window. Even Bounce Back was on this, too. I totally forgot about that. That was his hit back in the day. Yeah, for real. I, I don't know why I was under the impression that Bounce Back and um, I Don't Fuck With You were on the same same album. No, I think I Don't Fuck With You was on Dark Sky. Or am I, I tweaking? Yeah, I, I thought that Beware was on this album with Wayne. No, no, no. And... I think Damn, that's also I on Dark I just, Sky. 
don't know any of the songs on this album. <laughs> Bro, that's that's hurting me. It's I'm one of my sleep. faves. I'm asleep, dude. Sleep, I'm... sleep, sleep. Hey, it's okay. Big John is uh, releases pretty often, actually. Now that I think about it, yeah, 2017. He oh, dropped. He, he dropped double or nothing like, with Metro. He releases once every two years, and he dropped two albums in 2017. Mm-hmm. So this is his first in three years. Um, yeah, he had double or nothing with Metro in 2017 too, didn't he? Yeah, dude. I also forgot recently that that was a whole album. Yeah, it's so good. It's like 12 Because songs. I just listened to Go Legend over and over again. <laughs> we Go Legend. Oh, yeah, Travis is on that, too. Microphone Legend. Speaking of Travis, new song from him, The Plan, uh, for Christopher Nolan's new movie, Tenet, coming out. Uh, it's a very cinematic experience from Travis Scott. It's a lot of different things. Um, that we've heard from Travis in the past, I just feel like it's in a different way this time. It's a yeah. it's a very different method to his madness, if you will. Um, what did you? What were your first thoughts on on the plan dropping from Travis? So yeah, the beat starts and it's like a very like heavy like drum sequence sort of thing, and I was just like, okay, I don't really know what exactly to expect here because like I've heard it sounded similar in a way to Taken uh, or TKN, the song he had recently with Rosalia. Um, yeah, Rosalia. But I was uh, Rosalia, <laughs> but I um, I love that song. I yeah, I was interested to see how he would approach it, considering it was just him on the song. Um, and I don't think he disappointed at all. He had a good amount of like singing and rapping in it. Um, the, the bars, obviously, I feel like for for any song made for a movie are going to be significantly weaker than if it's just for like a project. But um, I wasn't disappointed in the slightest. I thought that he did his thing on on the song, and uh, I never, I like, I never get tired of the Travis Scott auto tune. Like, no, I don't think <laughs> it, 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 it's so like, I don't know how to put it. He's really separated himself so from everyone else that does it, and I just think Travis is at a level to where artists try and reach their entire career, and especially after Astro World, of course, like his whole anthology behind World, where it's been, been teased for two years and then the anticipation leading up to it in 18 and then he finally drops it and now after that he's kind of at this untouchable legendary trap rapper stage where a lot of these modern hip-hop artists try and reach or want to reach that is and he's kind of able and free to do whatever he wants so doing a movie soundtrack song uh, specifically for a film um, I think is a cool way for him to explore other sounds um, especially like that hard hitting 808 in the beginning, that really deep yeah. drone sub that's like you, it's obviously for like a, in my mind, it's like for an action pack type scene. That song's going to come on in the movie. Bro. <laughs> like, actually, I feel like I'm in my dreams <laughs> listening to that song. Bless you. Um, Thank you. I think with uh, the plan, um, there definitely is a plan with it too. I think the title kind of just gives <laughs> away. I'm so serious. I, I, I think this title means something more than what people realize. I think Travis, especially in his GQ interview with all the info that he gave about his next album or kind of just teasing things and people misconstruing what the title of it's going to be. A lot, a lot of like, I, I, let me say my piece on this. His next album is not titled Utopia. And I've seen this on multiple accounts on hip hop, Twitter, IG, people kind of, are quick to report that but if you look a little closer and you read chase b's interview from hip-hop and more 
Chase B confirms that it's not titled Utopia. And as people know, Chase B and Trav are close, very close if that is. He's produced a lot of Travis songs. He's in the studio with Trav. They have a show Travis together on Apple Music. Literally Travis's DJ. They have Wave Radio together. So don't 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 believe that, guys. Don't don't believe his next album's titled Utopia. I think what Chase B said about him just being in his bag and being happy. Um, I think you guys should take that and run with it. Because to me, that's the truth. I think sometimes, I think sometimes hip hop fans, like us, us included, oh yeah, try to uh, read we are one hundred percent. Yeah, they, we try to read way too hard into things that that our favorite mm-hmm. artists say. So, I feel like sometimes, like especially when it comes to artists like Travis and Kanye, who are not exactly the most reliable about releasing mm-hmm. projects on time and cryptic I as hell. I try to like detach myself from the exact verbiage of what they're what they're saying because like. Dude, I could spend all the time in the world dissecting it and then just get disappointed. <laughs> That's how I feel too. I really think that especially hip hop fans are really quick to latch on to something and run with it. So, yeah. and us included, like you said, I feel like everyone's. I, if Travis Scott isn't one of your favorite artists right now, or at least you, if you don't like Travis Scott right now, I don't know what's what's going on in your head. He's, he's, what's your problem? He's, what's your problem? What the heck? You didn't like Astro World? Did you like Cardi oh, B more? We'll come fade you right now. We'll come, we'll come fade you up. <laughs> no haircuts. No we'll haircuts. Give you a haircut. So. I don't know how to get Dynamic haircuts. style, baby. Back to my original point, and then we'll move on from Travis. The plan is a plan for Travis Scott to release something that is bigger than Astro World, and I'm going to say that up front. Yes, Astro World is Travis Scott's king, kingdom come of his essence as an artist. It is everything you could ever want from a Travis Scott record. But at the same time, I feel like this movie soundtrack song is a gateway leading us to somewhere that is more of, I guess, a storytelling effect for his next record. And I think exploring different cinematic elements in this song can also give way to what he's feeling in his next record. So I feel like Travis did a really nice job with it. The flow is pretty similar. We've, we've heard on a lot of different tracks from him over the years. Um, the beat is probably the only thing um, that will kind of give us a quick switch up. But the sounds in it are very atmospheric and ethereal still. I wonder There's if a lot of, I need to look into that. I need to look that up too. I, you know what? Let's, let's give that a quick Google search as we're live right now recording. What's your? I actually posted this on our OCT Twitter, what's your favorite Travis Scott record over the years? Mixtape record included. Oh, oh, like like full record or song? Actually do both. Actually, yeah, full length, full length. Days record. Before the Rodeo is by far my favorite Travis Scott project. Um, why is that? Just I feel like there was the the dark trap sound was like so revolutionary. Um, I agree. I mean, like, you look at how it's been, like, twisted and contorted up until now. Like, I mean, he basically, like, revolutionized the soundscape to a certain extent. It's produced by Ludwig Goranson and Wonder Girl. He's also the guy that produced Childish Gambino's, uh, oh, my God, I'm drawing a blank. This is America? Redbone, Redbone. Oh. (laughs) Wonder Girl, uh, OVO collaborator, Jay-Z collaborator. Uh, good friends with Boy Wanda. Um, yeah, that's Wonder Girl's one of the best in the business. Uh, she's regarded as one of the most talented producers in the game right now. I and love her. For that I reason. love her stuff. Dude, Ludwig, he does a radio all- producer, dude. That was Have wild. you ever... Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ludwig... 
radio show. I forget which radio show she was on, but she used to just be uh, doing the beats for whoever was freestyling. Actually, I like. I don't that. think I feel like that's where most people get their. Sway. Oh, it might have been if it's sway in the morning. Damn. I think um, I'm gonna. Oh man, I gotta really decide. When birds came out from Trev, that was like the pinnacle of dark trap. Like that was like 2015, 2016 was. I think dropped that in 16. Actually, now that I think about it. Um, when that sort of or no, it was 15. You know what? I'm just gonna look it up real quick. Dude, don't, don't play with Big Sean was the first Travis Scott song where I was like, yo, this kid's different. Like, <laughs> I I 100% agree with you. I just feel like. Travis's ascension to stardom is it is 2016. I always doubt myself. It definitely, with the it definitely years. doesn't. It definitely starts with rodeo, is where he started to get more recognition. Well, it's antidote. That song was it changed the landscape for trap music, in, in the same sense of where Travis kind of started days before with rodeo. It's, it, it was all like I said, his anthology, which the story of Travis Scott, if you will, is a stratospheric rise to where he is now and it's really amazing to see how influential he's been on other artists in the main main hip-hop lane and he's even exploring more pop music too like like you said with rosalia and tkn um i think that's a good indication if he's able to spread his wings a little bit more and with the plan he does the same thing so it's nice to see travis scott we're waiting for your next one keep doing your thing uh let's go not to utopia titled utopia not titled <laughs> utopia it's I'm excited for Utopia. Please. Internet Money. Their debut album Before the Storm dropping this Friday. And holy shit, so many good features. So many good artists on this. Basically catering catering the emo rap, catering the pop rap, catering the trap pop. Just any popular artist in that lane, that Internet Money Juice World type sound that they've engineered, pioneered for the industry is here. And we got a new taste of the album with Swaley and Futures thrusting this past week. And you know what it gives me? It gives me that, uh, that Swaley French Montana vibe. You yeah, know what I'm talking about? Hall. It's a dance hall ass song. But I mean, I, I, like, I'm not the biggest fan of that type of uh, music. But like, I mean, Swaley obviously always does it justice. And the Future verse is really good. So, I mean, I think I'll go back to it. Um, I, I R&B Future, though. The the track list for this for this album is pretty crazy considering that like a lot of the people on here are like defining the soundscape like as we speak. Exactly. Um there's a lot there's, of there's a bunch there's a bunch of people I haven't heard that much from that I really wanted to hear, hear more from. Uh like the holiday. Um Yeah, he his Ty, voice is crazy. I mean, I've heard I've been listening to Ty Fontaine because of you. Uh, I put you but on. I'm excited to listen to something right as it comes out. Um, I think that I think that the message will be cool. Uh, seventeen songs, seventeen songs on this internet money track. Ty Fontaine, Trippy Red, Lil Mosey, Holiday, Tekka, Swaley, Future, Kid Leroy, Juice World, Posthumous. Uh, we have three Trippy songs on this. Four Lil Ty Spirit. Songs. Four, I love Ty Fontaine, and I actually am. Uh, I listened to Lil Spirit's last album, American Spirit. And I liked it. I think he's got a really crazy pop voice and not a lot of people give him the credit that he needs to. He's very, very unknown right now. And he's signed to internet money. He's one of the seven artists that signed or seven or eight artists that are signed to internet money right now. 
Holiday, Fontaine, he's one of them. Ian Dior signed. Tekka's one of them. I, there might 24K Golden. He's not on internet money. He's on from No Jumper. Um, I think my favorite song from this is probably going to be anything with Ty Fontaine, to be honest with you. We still got Lemonade Dude, out, too. which is song, Really Red, Keyed, Trippy Red, and Young Nudie. Nudie. Yeah, that's, that's going to be – that's going to be – that's going to be like the end of summer banger that everyone's going to be bumping at parties and when school starts. Oh, get wait. Like a real dark ass, like, like some, like, you ever, you heard, you have you heard OTF Nightmare? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. With dark yeah, on that? I want something like that. But with beauty, that would be very interesting. Think of Bust Down Do on A Love Letter to You 4, but do it with Keaton Nudie. Yeah. Like, that's, that's love, the shit I, that I kind of. Honestly, like, Young Nudie is not the best rapper. Um, I would go as far to say that he's not a very good rapper, but he makes really enjoyable music. I think that's I agree with that. Uh, I, I've taken I've taken Young Nudie over. I, I would I would take Young Nudie over Young Dolph, Moneybag Yo, those type of rappers any day of the week. Yeah, just because I feel like he he just has a lot more to offer as far as like his he's voice kind of creative in a weird way too like yeah that's what i'm saying like i, I the, the beats and stuff that i hear him on and stuff like and the song titles are hella funny always like my favorite song from him is loaded baked potato <laughs> <laughs> the one song on slide mirror three i'm trying to remember right now uh someone with uzi oh man that one that one's probably my favorite nudie song i have to look that up because like the name is escaping me at the moment um nevertheless the only the only problem I, I mean, it's not even a problem for most people. Um, also, the Kid Leroy is on here, by the way, people. We talk oh, a lot yeah, about the Kid Leroy on this. Solo track, um, too. Solo track on his own. Could be a fuck love uh, throwaway, maybe. Who knows? Probably. Most of most, most of Leroy's album was produced by Internet Money Producers, so could possibly be that. Um, Blast Off, Trippy Red, and Juice. This song has been leaked since January. Um, I feel bad for listening to it for six months. Um, I'm not going to say anymore. I'm just going to say it's a really good song and it probably will try. I, I think this is one of the songs that leaked before I stopped listening to leaks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's I one of the better I've ones. It, I think I've heard it once or twice, but honestly, yeah. like the whole, like the whole, like having to listen to songs on debris and stuff, I just got annoyed of it. So like, I wouldn't listen to those leaks that much anyways. Yeah. So I think I've heard it like once or twice, but I've, t- um, I've, or to being out on a streaming platform that I can put on repeat. <laughs> exactly. It really sucks to like not enjoy Juice World music anymore. Like obviously I enjoy Juice World music, but I've talked about this so much on the podcast where it's I've listened yeah. to every It's your fault. It's your fault, John. It's my it's my fault. If you guys want to come at <laughs> me kidding, in the comments, but, I'm kidding, but say true. <laughs> for real, it's true. Like it's my fault. And I wish. I wish I can go back in time. And stop myself in my apartment. Like, stop listening to Unreleased Juice World, please. But if I didn't, like, it's impossible. He was he was all I listened to for five months straight. Like, actually, and that's not even a cap. Like, all I listen to is Juice World. So this uh, this song off Internet Money is going to be a good one. Twenty four K Golden and Ty Fontaine at number ten. Down. Uh, I like Ty Fontaine too much. I think Twenty Four Pink Golden is gonna take like take over the song, and then Ty Fontaine probably acting more like a feature. That's my yeah. prediction. I, I'm I so happy. Song from those I, two. 
I totally agree with you. I'm so happy that we have these artists kind of in this emo rap lane now, especially like Ian Dior, Ty Fontaine, Trippy, 24K, Tekka, Holiday, Mosey kind of too. Dude, the Just 24K golden track and Wiz Khalifa will be pretty cool. I think. Little Spirit too. I, I think, agree with that I too. mean, Wiz Khalifa's worked with like Fall Out Boy and stuff, so I feel like he falls into a category of rappers that can fit on a poppier sound uh more more fluidly so i'm looking forward to that one block featuring trippy red and stay solid say soldier i can't read stay the rest solid. of the feature stay solid stay solid you just dropped a song with uzi oh wait yeah, yeah yeah oh he's the after party guy no yeah a party girl remix or something yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not into tiktok so i'm trying to stay as, as cultured as i possibly yeah, can i think we're too old for it <laughs> But yeah, I think Kevin Gates with a random feature at the end. <laughs> Dude, that's I love so Kevin random. Gates. That might be a hard song when you think about it. That would be it. a good one. I bet it that will might... be a hit. Dude, I haven't heard anything two... from Kevin Gates in a minute. Two phones changed my life. Yeah, I got two phones. And then ending it on Lemonade, which is one of the better songs of the album. For, personally, for me, I, I mean, think we like, haven't heard the rest of the album. What if the rest of the album is better than Lemonade? That might be. I, I'm I mean, gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on a limb. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give a really bold prediction right now. This before the storm tape is gonna be one of the best albums of the summer. I think we've gotten a lot be, of good yeah, albums this summer. I agree here. I I think that it'll be one of the best. Like I think it'll fit like the summer vibe the best out of like most of this most of the projects that we've gotten recently i mean especially yeah. given like quarantine and stuff like we got hella depressing ass projects <laughs> we got a lot of boom bat <laughs> we got a lot sad. of they have to be stuck in the house that's what i'm saying and we got a shit ton of boom bat we got a I can lot, see a lot of, of like straight hip-hop and, grab and stuff yeah but dude, i man. can see these being some like some bubblegum rap which i'm in the mood for which we need. We haven't had a lot of that because Yachty's kind of out of his bumblegub stage at this point. And Yachty's trying I feel to like, do the whole future thing now. Yeah, I mean, he can. You know, he's at a point in his career where he's got to try and switch something up. I'm surprised Yachty's not on this, to be honest with you. Like, I feel like Yachty would have fit Yachty's this out okay. nicely. I'm not missing him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just surprised he's not on it. Damn, I feel like he might be a good... Hey, I mean... You have what three twenty four k golden songs on this, and he just became yeah, an XXL freshman. Yeah, I, so, I think they're capitalizing on his XXL freshman status. Yeah, there, I agree with you. There's other people who are on the freshman list on here, right? Um, no, I'm tripping. No, Tekka was supposed to be, but he declined. So did Don Tolliver. <laughs> we talked about that in our last podcast, guys. If you guys want to go check that out, please check out episode 13 on SoundCloud and Spotify at Off the Top Podcast. We appreciate Lucky y'all for listening. 13. Lucky number 13. Well, this is 14 today. Yeah. Well, that Wait, one this is this is uh this is three months, damn near. Damn, Wait. it's our three month anniversary. Congrats. You didn't get me flowers or anything. I said congrats, boo. <laughs> okay i'll take that <laughs> and for our 14th episode what better way to continue things and keep things rolling than reviewing jay-z and pharrell's latest single together entrepreneur talking about here you want to say no better way to keep things going because, <laughs> um i don't i told you i want wait, wait, wait. i i want you i want you to be as you first well 
let's let's put it this way: you listen to it, but before we started recording, you re-listened to it, and you yeah, got right a good before. listen this time. Can you reenact your reaction, or at least try? I would, I would if we had video, but Damn. no one's gonna see my face. Damn. But uh, if you His guys face was not how I felt. It was something like the something to the effect of. Think of the green puke emoji. Yeah. You know what? Think That's of what any I'm like uh, pretty disappointing sound. See, like okay, like There's I'm, gonna, a, I'm gonna get this part. We're gonna bash it, got, but we're I gonna get into it. My my opinion with I I like the message of the song. I think it's a cool message, and I, it's I mean, a given. Rel and Jay Z are great people to give that message. Like, please. Yeah, I mean, they I, did it I themselves. Do think black men should be entrepreneurs. Um, I just think that like when it, I have I had three three major points about the track right first yes. way too much going on in the instrumental um the instrumental is super cluttered with just like random little vocal snippets that i can't even understand mm-hmm. what they're saying and then on top of that pharrell is trying to do some asmr whispering on a on a beat that is so complex that you can't even really catch a rhythm and then he's gets really repetitive with his singing all in all, I, I was pretty disappointed in, in how Pharrell performed on this track. Sure. I, I I don't really like being like a negative guy, but like I I do think that I think that he could have done better, and that's the uh, only reason I would even say that. Like I think so too, and I, I I agree with you on that. I feel like Pharrell is so known for his intricate production and his innovative, I guess, beat making skills. And on this, Jay Z is definitely the star of the show, in my opinion. I think his yeah, verse totally. is the cleanest, tightest thing. Um, what we've heard from Jason's 444. And all I care about with Jay's verse is the message behind it. Because keep in mind, like, yeah, Pharrell's vocal snippets are kind of weird and it kind of draws you away from the actual, you know, message of... I mean, this was, to me, this this was packaged in a way where this is Jay-Z's song and Pharrell made the beat and he, he's he's letting Jay-Z kind of take the limelight on it. Over and over again for like 75% yeah. of the track. That's, that's, he kind of takes the back seat on purpose. That's just how I see it. And it doesn't really work in Pharrell's favor because I feel like, like you said, the beat's way too intricate. And I think his voice gets a little bit lost in repetitiveness. Jay-Z's verse is good. I think it's very hard to catch that rhythm, like you said. And the message of it all is, you know, do it yourself, guys. Be an entrepreneur. Be your own business. Be your own boss. That's kind of like the world that we live in these days, you know? If you want to get something yeah. done, you got to do it yourself. So I, I, I fuck with that. I really do. Um, I just think for this sort of legendary collab, if you will, Pharrell and Jay-Z are legends in their own right. It definitely could have been a lot more than what it was perceived, especially since Jay-Z dropped the same weekend as Nas. And as the ongoing joke continues, um, I think Nas bested Jay-Z and Pharrell this time around. However, I, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get it. I don't want to get it twisted. Like I, I do really think it's a great message for the song. I just really like sometimes take issue with, um a song having a really good message but not being great musically uh, like yeah. a, a good a, a perfect example of that is the um the song earth by lil dicky absolutely awful song but like a great message like yeah we should yeah. be looking out for the earth and all the animals and stuff and like whatever you know what i mean yeah but, but that's like, lil dicky's lane though like that's his lane like he kind of I guess portrays message rap. He kind of just speaks what's on his mind. Yeah, Whereas of course. But Jay-Z no and Pharrell are held to such a higher standard. Music. Yeah, exactly. 
yeah, I, I just don't think it's mutually exclusive. Like you, you, you can, you can do both. You can make a song with a great message and a song that sounds great too. And I just don't think that this was the case of that. Um, and like, like I said, like the song wouldn't be awful coming from another, like not as legendary artist, but we're talking about Pharrell and Jay-Z. So like they're held to a certain standard and I feel exactly. like like cutting them slack just because the message is it's good. Pharrell, then, like, you leave room for them to make like a whole album about, about a great cause, but with like not very good music. So yeah. um, that's the only reason I'm being as harsh as I am. Do you think that Jay-Z and Pharrell are going to come out with an album, like a collab album, just stemming from this standalone single? I'm, I'm not necessarily, I guess, convinced that they're going to be dropping an album together, but it's something to think about. Do you think that's plausible? I mean, I guess, like, I, like I, if, 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 they, if either of them were to do a collaboration album with anyone, I would say that the best bet is it's with each other. Yeah, I, I 100% I agree with that. I say that I would keep my hopes up for it to happen and honestly after this song like i'm, <laughs> I'm not exactly excited for that either <laughs> it's not on the ott radar it's not on the mize radar uh, i don't i, I don't off on that song i don't think i've ever like <laughs> said that much <laughs> that much it's also criticism it's also about a song <laughs> it's four minutes and 17 seconds long too with a Dude, really long awesome. flourishing was, outro jace only raps for maybe 45 seconds <laughs> exactly like Hove only raps for like 45 seconds in this. Most of the time it's Pharrell kind of repeating the chorus and trying to get the hook in with different instrumentation in the background. The outro is 45 seconds long. It's already a minute of filler. Um, Yeah, I don't don't necessarily think it's going to be on my radar, but if it comes out, I'm listening to it. That's for sure. Just because both of these guys are... We owe it to an OTT audience. We have to. You know who we also owe it to? We owe it to ourselves. You know why? Because why? we're going to actually talk about Chief Keith on the podcast. And we just yeah. talked about Chicago Drill. And he just came out with a song. Actually, no, I take that back. We talked about Chief Keith when he dropped that collab with the London rapper a couple weeks back. Can't remember what his name oh, was. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the local scammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we talked about <laughs> that song. That song. Bang, um, bang. Chief Keith and Will Mike Will made it. Mike Will, it. he made that. And this is, this is everything I've wanted from a Chief Keith song. And it's just... It, 25 years old he just had a birthday and he's a legend he's just he's just a legend it's undisputed and the fact that the glow gang is still up and running chief keeps name is out there still in circulation continuing to be the boss that he is i'm so happy he hasn't diverted from his legendary sound the one that he's been able to pay for so many different artists in the past you know decade i would assume and it's, it's a nice homage to what Chief Keef is, what he represents. The beat's hard. You can listen to this at a party, and I guarantee you it won't have finito effect, but it definitely will bring some sort of level of excitement to when you listen dude, to the it. The way I describe it, the way I love to describe it, dude, is like <laughs> these are songs like uh, this, uh, this. First off, to preface, th- this sound from Chief Keef really brought me back to like 2012, like Finally Rich chief keef you know what i mean yeah like that's what i'm where, saying or yeah the like old stuff where like i felt like lil reese would have fit on this song back in the day but like um reese. i was thinking like this is the kind of stuff i bump in like a target parking lot 
when I want to like turn heads. <laughs> you're driving, you're driving on the highway and it, there's a lot of traffic. And when oh, you, yeah, you're going to roll down your windows, you you're going to drop bang bang. You bump and, in you, and people looking over at you like, damn, what's he listening to? You want you're people sick. to recognize that you're listening to the yeah, hard yeah. stuff in the car. Like that's exactly what it is to me, to me, the chief Keith, the 2012 chief Keith that influenced my music taste when I was 14 years old in Chicago. Like, it's not even it's yeah, perfect you're from it, Chicago. it's perfect it, it's really perfect i mean yeah i mean i i grew up with dirk and chief keith like my friends listen to him all the time i listened to a lot of wayne when i was a kid i actually listened to a lot of big sean as a kid i listened to a lot of drake as a kid damn my influence is kind of like yeah I, i'm trying to think who else i listen to oh um Jason Derulo, but that was more like pop. And like, <laughs> you went from Chief Keith to Jason Derulo. <laughs> tell me, tell me what you say that, back in the day wasn't. Say. That's what I'm saying. Tell me that song bye, didn't bye. hit. I was in art class in seventh that's grade, and that song was playing. I, I made the best drawing I ever made. I think it was of like a dolphin or something, and that song was playing. And I asked my art teacher to keep it on. That song reminded me of a girl back in the day. Christina, if you can hear me, I'm sorry. What'd she say? <laughs> Nothing. That's why. Damn. She didn't say anything. It'd be like that. Twelve-year-old uh, me was heartbroken. That's where I learned. That's where I learned to be heartbroken. Chief Keith showed me the way, and Jason Derulo made it even worse. Um, speaking of another Chicago artist, Vic Mensa dropped for the first time in two years. V tape, a nice little play on Kanye's "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy" album cover, kind of framed in a museum sort of, I guess, elegant gold frame. We got. Uh, I did like pixelated. that pixelated. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I thought it was cool. And the cool thing about it is he's got a snippet from T, or a, not a snippet, a sample from T-Lop on the album. Which one? Um, Bethlehem SC Freestyle. I can't remember what song it is from T-Lop. Um, I tried to look it up the other day. I think it's it's not Wolves. Dead air here today. Vic Mensa, though, first time he's released music in a minute, in a long time. Um, obviously, the people weren't really too happy with Vic Mensa all that long ago. Uh, he did diss XXX Tentacion in front of his mother at the BET Cypher Freestyle in 2018. Um, hip hop fans kind of turned him off after that because he made Hooligans in 18. People didn't really receive that very well. 2019, he made a pop punk album with 93 Pun X. And that was just completely turned off by hip hop in its t- entirety. I and feel like he's been kind of he's been kind of a black blackballed in the sense. I think um, so too. I think it, I think it happens a lot with these artists who, like, I, we talked about this. We were both big Vic Mensa fans, like, in early in his career. Kids, man. Um, like when it came to him being in a band called uh, Kids These Days, and mm-hmm. um, just his general early work with Save Money and Chance the Rapper. But um, I think it becomes a like you see this with Russ too, where it's uh, an artist who gets a bit too big of an ego, then does a couple things, says a couple things that just don't sit right yeah. with people, and then it becomes hard to listen to their music because like you just associate them with these like cringe things they say in interviews or freestyles or right uh, shitty shirts they wear or like <laughs> you know what I mean. So yeah. I think uh, Vic Mensa's uh, a milder case than Russ. But much milder, uh, I feel gosh. like. Uh, Russ, to me, um, I'll kind of start here and then we'll go into the thoughts of V tape in its whole. It's only seven tracks, so 
it's a mixtape album, I guess. Um, Russ, I really liked his early work. I feel like he had a lot to prove in 2016 when he came out with Wolf. And when that dropped, I was a really big fan of Psycho, maybe with Scott Sorch. Um, those type of tracks that he made back in the day, those really vibey, erythral, watery type sounds. He doesn't really make that a lot anymore just because he's more in his bag with pop rap right now. And, you know, his fan base loves him. I used to be a part of it. I gave him respect. But once he started dissing people in the industry and kind of calling out other people for the way that they do things and saying that he's better at doing things and other certain people that are much more successful than him, yes, that's where your ego gets kind of a little bit too big for your own head to even fill for uh, with Vic Mensa, though, I feel like he's kind of in a weird state, still licking his wounds uh, after the backlash that he received a couple years back. First song's titled Vendetta, uh, basically just speaking everything into existence of where he's been the last two years. Machiavelli is probably one of the title tracks that's been teased over the past week. Dirt on My Name, the third song, he has snippets of every radio host from See the God to... Uh, I'm trying to think. Big Boy 2 actually is on that as well. Talking Sway? about Vic Dirt on My Name. I think Sway 2 actually. I thought I heard his voice in there. Um, there's a little section of that song where he includes those radio hosts, journalists that are speaking on his name, dirt on his name. And Vic just kind of talks about him coming from that darker place and trying to rise back up from it. And he knows where he's at and he's being honest with himself. So I respect that. And keep in mind, I think Vic's, Vic's ego was 100% inflated due to Kanye's cosign back in the day. But, you know, when You Mad kind of came out, it was not as big as people thought it was going to be, even though it was still decently big in the Chicago area for me, from what I've seen. It was big here, um, too. Yeah. And there's a lot to take from this tape that he's put out. It's very introspective, too. There's a lot of deep lyricism in here. And I don't have a problem with Vic talking his shit just because I know how talented he is as a lyricist. And yeah, his voice kind of comes off as a little douchey here and there. But the way he flows over a beat, the way he finds his rhyme scheme, the way he uses his words to kind of elevate where he, what he's talking about really does him justice on this. Um, too honest with St. John. St. John's probably one of the most, I guess, underrated singer-rappers, more R&B singer more than anything uh, in the game right now. I feel like the future remix really put him on with roses on the billboard chart. And he's kind of seen a little bit of spurt and popularity in the mainstream. Um, so it's nice to see him on here. Uh, BJ, the Chicago kid also on the last song rebirth uh, BJ. We haven't really heard much from him lately, um, but at the he's same time, the, it's really nice. He's on the goat with Polo G. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. So another feature too from BJ uh, and on rebirth, uh, Vic Mensa actually apologized uh, to XXX Tentacio and fans, his mother, uh, on the last verse of the song before BJ raps. And I should have learned, I'll read you a little bit here. I should have learned not to mix award shows with Hennessy, point a finger, that's three fingers back in your direction. Sometimes you got to take an L or two to learn the lesson. I just a dead mother's son. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. And a lot of people don't like that he fake apologized. I think this is okay here. I think with the entirety of this album revolving around writing his wrongs and going back to his homegrown roots. Keep in mind, Machiavelli is basically him talking about his perspective in Chicago. It's nice to see him trying to, I guess, right those wrongs, like I just said, or trying to make do on it or, or just kind of come around full circle to his artistry. And I feel like he's returned. I feel like he's, he's back to where he should have been the entire time. Yes, the punk rock album, in my opinion, was a good, a good versatility notch on his belt. 
I think he's able to do that in the future if he really wanted to. Um, but I think Vic is hits his bread and butter most when he's on his rap shit. And I think this this profound lyricism that he's really digging in deep within himself is something that I take away from this tape. And it's only seven songs, and Vic's really known for dropping these seven, nine-track tapes over the years. He hasn't really had a real full length since the autobiography. Um, or actually, actually, yeah, the autobiography is probably his last full length. Autobiography wasn't that long either, though. Yeah, how long was that? Like 11, 12? I want to say it was probably around there. Regardless, um, I think Vic is in a good spot as far as where he's trying to take his sound. Cause I mean, he's got hip boy on a track too. Dirt of my name is reproduced by hip boy and kind of even speaking on hip boys existence into this podcast today. Um, it's obvious that he's trying to make something right with his sound, with his fans, with hip hop. So I'm asking you, the listeners, do you forgive or will you forget Vic Mensa after this? And to I'm asking you this too, since you're also a day one fan. Yeah, I'm willing to give him another chance, honestly. Like, he, what he did was kind of messed up, but he's yeah. repeatedly apologized for it. And it was a couple of years ago now, and he's still, like, I don't think anyone's looking to him for an apology, but regardless, he's giving one. I don't know. I mean, everyone makes, like, mistakes like that. I just really yeah. hope that he can check his ego. Uh, and, like, I, I read somewhere in an interview that he did recently that um, that he's felt like the last year has been really humbling for him. So I'm interested to see how uh, legitimate that is um, and uh, if he's going to continue to be a great artist or if he's going to make the same mistakes. One can only hope for the former, though. Exactly. And, you know, from what this tape has seen, I feel like he's trending in a nice direction moving forward to his next full length. And we just got to wait and see. I think these features on here are nice. I like BJ. I like St. John. I'd like the Hip Boy collab on Darn On My Name. It's a nice hard trap beat. He's flowing over it really nicely. He's talking his shit. So in that mindset where you think about the autobiography and you think about hooligans, you think about 93 Pun X and all the different types of genres he's trying to touch because he's done the pop rap. He's done punk. He's done hip hop. He's done boom bat. You know, where's he going to go next? Is he going to stay in this, I guess, neo, neo boom bat, not necessarily coke rap but not necessarily old hip-hop old head hip-hop it's kind of like I don't, I don't know i don't know where to put it it's like in that it's his own style I, yeah uh, I, I guess I so i i appreciate him for that yeah i think when it comes to chicago like some of the styles they make man like these artists coming out of chicago always have these crazy styles i mean like it's crazy to think that famous dex and kanye west are from the same place so is g <laughs> too like it's kind of insane did like it's it, it, it like, Chicago's a hot spot, bro. We got the two we, we hottest, two of the hottest, hot, like hottest states. I was for, just gonna say that. That's what I'm saying. That's why it works. Cali Calgo connection, baby. Yeah, we just need an East Coast fool. <laughs> we need. We gotta find someone on the East Coast then. But I think this is gonna do it for this time around, you guys. Please be sure to follow us at OffXDXTop on Twitter and Instagram, and please be sure to keep listening to us on SoundCloud and Spotify at Off the Top Podcast. Follow our OTT playlist on Spotify as well, and keep up with everything the latest news at Off the Top. Namai.
It's gonna do it for me here, man. Bye, guys. I don't settle for less. I'm a slap box of bird and then tear down the nest. I'm a champion. Try and put me to the test. I'm up all day and night and I don't need no rest. Keep making this music because my music slap. Give me some money. I want to pay back. No ADHD, but I can't stay on track. 24-7, all I do is foul. All the ladies want me because I look like a snack. Send me a nude. I will not send one back. I'm a flirt, baby. Girl.